Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, we've been going through a series called Game Changers, and I want to talk to you today about uh, a big, huge game changer uh, that the text talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. You can go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 31. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 31. Here's what it says. It says, you have heard, once again, we talked about this last week and the week before, Jesus is going through a series of, he's going through a series of proclamations. Hey, I know that you've heard this from all of the different people and all of the different teachers. He's talking to a particular crowd. You have heard, I want you to see this, you have heard, but he says this, he says, you have heard that the law says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. Okay. So Jesus is saying, now I know you've heard this. And remember what he said, he came to fulfill the law. I know you've heard this. But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. And then it goes on. You have also heard that our ancestors were told you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven because God because he, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth because the earth is his footstool and do not say by Jerusalem For Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say, by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say this, a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Now, I want you to understand what's going on in this passage. You have to understand. The first thing I want to tell you is this. What we talked about last week, we talked about adultery last week. And we talked and we went deeper. We went deeper than just the actual act of adultery. We went deeper where Jesus said this. He said, I want you to know something. This is much more a heart thing because even if you look at someone in that way, you are committed adultery. So Jesus is doing what he always does. He's going down underneath. He's getting down in here. He's not staying on the surface. Remember back then and today, what we always want to do is, is we want to know what is the minimum that we can do? What is the rule that we can follow to be in, right? What's the rule that we can follow to be in? And Jesus is saying this, no, no, no. I want to go much deeper than that. And so that's what he does. He plunges down deeper and he says, hey, listen, even if you look at someone in that way, you've committed adultery. Because see, every, the crowd he was listening to, and maybe even some of you today, the crowd he was listening to, whenever he said, you shouldn't commit adultery, they were like, check, I got that one. But then when he said, and oh, by the way, even if you look at someone in that way, you have committed adultery. They go, nope, that's an X. I want you to understand something. 
last week and this week are connected. Are you with me? There are all three, all three of these things, uh, the adultery, uh, divorce, and vows, they're all three connected. Now, what's going on back in their day is there were two thoughts about divorce. We'll, we'll take up divorce first. There were two thoughts about divorce. The two thoughts were this. There was one school of thought that said this. No matter what, if you get divorced, it, it's, it's not allowed except for infidelity. That's it, nothing else. Period. The hard line. The other thought was this. If you, if you want to divorce someone... You just have to give them a, for any reason, you come home, the meatloaf's burnt, oh, well, I guess you're out of here, write it off, boom, and you're divorced. Those were the two thoughts. Jesus is always looking for the betterment of people. He's always looking for the deeper meaning. He's always looking for the best. You have to understand something. The women back in this day, They were solely dependent upon the man for their financial help. The children were solely dependent. And so it's not not any surprise that of those two options, Jesus is going to lean heavily toward the more conservative side. He's going to lean heavily toward, hey, listen, it needs to be the very last option. Even if someone has an affair, it's still, I know you have the right to, but I don't necessarily think you, you, know, you can try to work it out. Those kind of things is what he's saying. That's what he's saying. And he goes through this systematic thought of doing this. So that's what he's talking about when he talks about divorce. He then goes to vows. Now, you may be reading the text going, well, why would he say, don't say by heaven, don't say by this, don't say by that. Let me tell you why. Because... They had, taken, they had taken what was a very simplistic thing that God had told them back in the Old Testament. And they had made it like they always do and like we always do. You know, guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a lot of theologians and there's a lot of people that try to make the Bible more difficult than it really is. Can I tell you, can I tell you that if you read nothing else but love God and love others, can I tell you that you've got it mastered? Can I tell you, you'll never master that (laughs) until heaven. But I'll tell you, if you know that, you know the scriptures. Because those are the two greatest. If 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 you'll just love God and love others and all that falls into that, you'll be just fine. If you don't learn anything else your whole life, I'm going to love God and love others. If you get up every morning and say, God, I want to love God and I want to love others. Trust me, he'll bring things in your life that will challenge you to do both. He'll do that. But they wanted to make it very difficult. And so they literally, you guys, they would literally, they would have levels of oaths, levels of vows. And so they would say, okay, if you say this by, by your own, you know, your own head, you know, if you said it by your own head, then it would mean this. Oh, but if you said it by Jerusalem, oh, then it would mean this. And if you said it by God, it would mean this. There were different levels of vows. And some of them were contingent and some of them weren't. And it, honestly, it was somewhat confusing. Well, if I say this by this vow, then... And it was one of those things where there was a system. There was a hierarchy of vows and how severe it was. They were trying to systematically define God's will. That's what they were doing. 
They were trying to take God's will, this incredible, powerful, never-ending, eternal, creative, loving, caring, compassionate guide. All, they were trying to do all that, and they were trying to take it all down to a checking off a box. One side on marriage said, oh, you can do this. The other side, oh, you can do this. And Jesus comes in. He did it last week, and he does it this week. Now, I could do a sermon today, and I have done it before, about the importance of marriage, the importance of staying together, the importance and how, how being committed to one man and one woman is so, is so important. And it is important, especially in this day and time. I could get up here and tell you all the various things about the divorce rates, and I could tell you all those things. But I'm not going to do that today. Because I'm going to try to go on a little deeper level with you guys. And I want you to see these texts for what they are. I want you to see the three together. While he's giving instruction on adultery last week. And while he's giving instruction on marriage. And while he's giving uh, and divorce. And while he's giving instruction on vows. He's doing something different. He's doing something. There's an additional thing here. So let's peel back the onion a little bit. And let's take a look at exactly what he's doing. I want to tell you. I want to tell you. And he keeps doing this, by the way, as it relates to various issues all throughout. Remember what the Sermon on the Mount is. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus telling us the way he wants his kingdom run. It's him telling us the way we will and we are to live. And that's what he's doing. And so he is going through and telling us the instructions for what I would feel is God's best. He is challenging us to get past all the check boxes and get past all and to literally rise up, to rise up to God's best. And so as we go through and see these various things in chapter five and some of six, we see he says, this is what you've heard and this is what you've been followed and this is what you've been told. But I want to tell you something different. I want to tell you, I want to expand on that. I want to expound on that. As a matter of fact, what I want to do is, is I want, to, I want you to rise up to what God's best is. Why would he want you to do that? Well, the, the first reason he'd want you to do that is because he created you. And he knows you. Listen, I know this may shock you guys. And I told someone this in our small group a couple of weeks ago. I said, listen, I want you to know, all truth is God's truth. All truth is. He is the creator of truth. So all truth is God's truth. He created you and he created me. God is the one that set, set the earth on its axis. God is the one that created science. God is the one that created law. Law was his thought. It was. The whole, the whole premise of our very being was his thought. Your hair or lack of hair was his thought. Your eyebrows and your, and, and your teeth and on and on and on and on. That was all his thought. So here's the thing. He knows you better than you know yourself. Why? Because he created you. So I want to tell you, the first thing, Lynn, we can bring that first point up. Here's the first thing. The first thing, the first thing, you got it? Oh, good. The first thing is this. God's best, when we rise up to God's best... It comes with something, and it's really awesome. It comes with guidance and direction from Holy Spirit. It does. God's best, when you decide that you no longer want your best, or you don't want Oprah's best, 
or you don't want what other some book says best, when you decide you want God's best, what happens is, is God brings about guidance and direction from Holy Spirit. So this week, if you tried to call me, you may not have gotten a hold of me. This week, my, you guys know when you get one of those Verizon plans and you have a cell phone, and uh, I'm kind of a tech geek, so I like the newest and greatest thing. And so, so you, know, you know that the, my literally, and I kid you not, um, the last little bit of my iPhone, it's almost two years, the last little bit of my iPhone payment is this is it, and I'm going to own the phone. And it's going to be glorious, right? Three weeks before, three weeks before my Apple Care ran out, right? My Apple Care, three weeks before it ran out, my phone starts going crazy. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I'm thankful that it was three weeks, because usually my luck is, is it's three weeks after. Three weeks before, it starts going crazy. So I decide this week, I'm going to get this phone fixed because it keeps, the screen's cracked and the battery gets overheated some and it doesn't, it just wasn't working right. And so I decided I was going to look online. So I called Apple and I said, hello, Apple, I've got this phone and what do I do? Oh, you're in luck. There is a Best Buy in your area. I said, yeah, I know exactly where it is. They said, take it to Best Buy and our geek squad will fix it for you. So I went, and I went to Geek Squad. I think using the word geek for what occurred to me is a stretch. Uh, let's just say that I, I went in there and stood and stood and stood and stood and stood, and all of a sudden, the guy was like, well, you're going to need a whole new phone. And I was like, okay. Yeah, you got Apple Care, so it's going to be this much. Okay, so can I take some of the stuff off the phone? Well, you can do that and come back tomorrow. So I said, okay. And so I had been there for about an hour and a half. So I left, and I decided I was going to come back the next day. And so I went back the next morning. I got my little reservation online. I did everything right. I checked all the boxes. And I went in, and the guy starts working, and he says, hey, listen. He says, it'll take to, it's just, it'll just be really quick. And I was like, cool. I'm a really quick kind of guy. Let's do it. So he starts working with my phone. And about an hour and a half later, he says, listen, this is going to be too difficult for me. My manager will be in at one o'clock. And I was like, okay. And I looked at my watch and it was like 1215. And I said, I'm good with that. Okay, I'll just walk around and wait. Because I mean, what guy doesn't like walking around Best Buy? Come on. So I'm walking around Best Buy dreaming of what I'm getting for Christmas. And I end up, I end up running into the Geek Squad guy. He stuck out, white short sleeve shirt, black tie. So he says, oh, I'm so glad I ran into you. I said, hey, cool, your boss here? No, he's not coming in until 2. And I said, can I get my phone? And I left. And I did something very wise. The heavens opened up as I was walking out of Best Buy. And God spoke and said, Go to the Apple store. Store, 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 store. So I got online. No, I called, actually. I called as I was driving home. And the guy was like, hey, can I help you? And I was like, you sure can. And I told him about my experience. Oh, no, that won't be any problem with us. When would you like to come? I said, I'd like to come on Friday. Great. We'll be looking forward to you. All right. 
I drive up an hour away, walk right into the Apple store. Hello, hey, how are you doing? You have an appointment? Yes, I do. Oh, I see it right here, Mr. Williams. You can have a seat right over there. Three seconds later, some guy shows up and says, hey, how are you? I said, I'm doing fine. He says, well, let me see what's going on. He goes, oh, I see you're going to need a new phone. He said, yeah, I, I am. He said, well, listen, I know that the normal rate's about $100 to fix this, but you also need a new screen, so we're just going to charge you 29 he goes back in the back. No, he didn't go back in the back. He's still sitting there. A guy comes out from the back out of nowhere, hands him a new phone. It happened. I'm like, where'd this guy come from? He's still sitting with me on the chair. I've been there 10 minutes. He's, he's flipping through. He says, yeah, he set my phone down and set the other one down beside it. No, they can do this. And he hits a button on my phone, hits that. All my information goes to this phone. And within 10 minutes, I'm signing something with my finger and walking out. You know what the difference was? Here's the difference. It may look like they know about Apple products. They may look like a geek in their little white shirts and black tie and glasses and funky hair. They may look like that. And maybe even you can go over and get a little, I don't know, if somebody's uncle or brother runs Best Buy, I'm sorry. I love Best Buy, just not the Geek Squad. So, and by the way, every geeky guy I know, I've told this story, and they're like, well, duh, you got to go to Apple. So, but I had to learn the hard way. It looks like that, but the truth of the matter is, is that for me to really, for me to really get what I needed fixed, I needed to go to the source. I needed to go to the source. I needed the direction of the person that was hearing directly from the Apple people. I needed someone who knew the phone better than me. I needed someone who knew it in and out. I knew all, I need all those things. Can I tell you something? When you decide that you want what God's, what God's best for you, when you decide you want God's best, immediately God decides He's going to put guidance and he's going to put direction through Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you. How does he do that? He does it through different people, maybe. You got to be careful with that. Make sure you're close with them. Make sure they're godly. Make sure you got a lot of check boxes if you're going to listen to someone else because there's some crazy people out there. All right? So you got to watch that. He speaks to you directly. He speaks to you through his word. That's what he does. He does that. If you decide... You want to rise to God's best. What Jesus is saying here is this. He's saying, listen, concerning adultery, concerning divorce, concerning vows, I want you to understand something. I know you've heard this, but here is the truth. Now rise to God's best. Rise to God's best. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing about rising to God's best. Here it is. God's best puts the focus higher. I want you to hear that again. God's best puts the focus, it puts the focus higher up. I have some friends of mine that uh, had a really bad marriage. When I met them, actually, they had a bad marriage, and I didn't know it. They were at the end of a bad marriage, and there had been affairs going on. Um, one was an emotional affair and one was a physical affair and they had three kids and those three kids were going every which way but loose and it was a really bad situation. Uh, Money uh, and laziness 
and disobedience had gotten them to this place. And when I met them, I, I actually was friends with one of their kids and I met them and their, their marriage was just now, it was really, they had just decided they were going to do something about their marriage. And so they ended up, they ended up going to various counselors and they ended up getting really serious about their marriage again. Even though they had been affairs, even though they had been these things, they decided because they began to look at their children. Their children is what made the difference. Their oldest kid started doing some things that she shouldn't do. The middle child was having all kinds of health issues. And the youngest child was just wild, just wild. And these were good kids, but it was affecting them in all different ways. And they ended up deciding, you know what? If either God is, this is what they told me, either God or God or he's not. It's God's God or he's not. And they decided that they would try to fix this. And so they worked on it for years and years and years. And you know what happened? Because they decided to look higher, because they decided to look up higher, what ended up happening for them was, was that God began to bless them. And then the craziest thing happened. God began to put other people, he began to put other people in their life for them to minister to. And then another crazy thing happened. They ended up, he ended up being asked to run a ministry. And then he started running this ministry for years and years and years and years. And right now, as we sit here today, the whole administration wing of that ministry is named after him. Why? Well, they decided to focus higher. The things, the things that we, the things that we think, the things that we think are not necessarily possible, they're possible with God. They are. They're possible with God. He began to focus higher. Here's what, here's what uh, the scripture says in Isaiah 55. I think we have that text up there. Isaiah 55 says this. He says, listen, I want you to know something. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. And verse 9 says this. Do we have verse 9 up there? Verse 9 says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I want to tell you something. When Wendy and I, when Wendy and I got engaged, we had a conversation. And I have no idea where this even came from, but we had a conversation. I think she probably brought it up. She said this to me. She said, listen, she said, it's very important for us to be a triangle. I don't want to be a couple. I want to be a triangle. And I said, okay. And she said, she said, I, I want you to be over here on this corner. And I want me to be over here in this corner. And as we, as we rise up, I want God to always be in the center. And so I want, us to, I want us to raise ourselves up to where God is so that we don't meet down here in the fleshly way. We don't meet down here that everything that we do, we try to meet up here. Because if we meet with God, we'll be fine. If we meet with God, things will, things will be better. If we meet and on and on and on, let's see if we can't meet with God. Have we always done that? Not always. But we've always tried to do that. We've always tried to put God first. We've always tried to do that. We failed a lot. Me more than her, trust me. But we failed. We failed a lot, but we tried it. Why is that? Well, because God, God is higher than we are. Here's the next thing. God's best opens up new possibilities and new beginnings. God's best opens up new possibilities and new beginnings. I've shared this with you guys before. 
I absolutely love when I was little and I was a horrible student, but I loved, I absolutely love the clean slate. You know what the clean slate is? The clean slate is whenever you've made D's and F's on your report card like I did when I was in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. I made those D's and F's all the time. I really did. Uh, I used every, I figured I wanted to see every area of the alphabet. I mean, that was me. I was like the more the merrier, right? And so I, I would do that. And we went every six weeks instead of every nine weeks. And every six weeks was really tough because I would get a whooping about every six weeks, all right, for my grades. But here was the cool part. After the spanking, there was a period there where I was like, I'm free. It's a clean slate. And I would make all of these promises, man, I'm going to make straight A's and I'm going to study every night. I didn't do any of that, but I told her, I said I was going to do it. And I would make all these false promises, but I would have this clean slate. You know why? Because it feels so good to have a clean slate, doesn't it? It feels so good to have a clean slate. It does. Isn't there something amazing whenever you come down front to the altar and you finally give that thing over to God and you walk away and you feel free because you have a clean slate? God's best, God's best, when you, when you open up to God's best, He will bring about new possibilities and new beginnings. I think about the adultery portion and the woman who was caught in adultery. Remember the woman that was caught in adultery? The scripture said that she was caught in the act. So my assumption is, is that when those people brought her to be stoned, that she was naked. And so... They brought out to be stoned, and the coolest thing happened because she deserved to be she deserved to, to be punished. She deserved all those things. But God's best, God's best stepped in and said this, said, Hey, listen, who is it that would that would stone you? Because all the other men who were with sin dropped their rocks and walked away. And she he said this, he said, Hey, I forgive you. Now go and sin no more. What was that for her? How did she feel when she finally stood up? How did she feel? You know how she felt? Clean slate. New possibilities. New beginnings. God is the God of new beginnings. And this is the part that I absolutely love. God's best provides grace and forgiveness. God's best, you guys, provides grace and forgiveness. In James chapter 4, it says that he continues to provide grace. When we go out and we, we, we look at and we try to do what God wants us to do, and we want to set forth his best, and we keep doing these things, and we fail, and we hit fat on our, flat on our face, God begins to come in and bring that grace. It's an injection. He brings that injection of grace, and he brings that forgiveness. And it's over and over and over and over again. How many people in here have always chosen to do God's best? None of us. None of us have done that. How many people have ever chosen to do that? Not all of us. None of us. None of us every time have said, yep, in this situation, I'm going to do God's best. We haven't done that. So you and I both are in need of grace and forgiveness. Where, where in Jesus' day, those people where he said, I know you've heard it said, where they were teaching these things, it was very black and white. It was very black and white. It was this or this, this or this. Jesus comes in and says, no, no, no. Listen, we all fall short because my ways are higher than yours. We all fall short. And so today I want to encourage you with something. I want to encourage you with this. Maybe you have not always done God's best. Maybe you have messed up in relationships. 
Maybe you've messed up in situations with your family. Maybe you've messed up in situations with a coworker. Maybe you've messed up with situations with your husband or wife. Maybe you've messed up with, your, with a teacher or whatever. I want to encourage you this. If you'll decide right now today, that from this point forward, you want to live for God's best. And if you'll put that, if you'll leave that on the front of your mind, if you'll leave it on the front of your mind and says, I want what what is best. I want God's best. There's a huge difference between your best and God's best. Your best gets you the best you can do. God's best gets you the best God can do. If you'll make that commitment today, you will be amazed, one, by the overwhelming feeling of grace. Now, let me tell you what the enemy is going to say. He's going to say this. He's going to say, no, that's not legitimate. You just said words. You don't even mean that stuff. Hey, listen, if you were, whenever you weren't worried about it, he wasn't attacking you. But when you start worrying about it, he starts attacking you, right? So you need to know, you need to know that you have forgiveness and you have grace. You need to receive that. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. When we, when we ask for grace and forgiveness and then we don't believe it, we are nullifying the cross. It's the reason he came. He came so that we can receive that. He died. We just took communion remembering what he did for us. It's the reason he came. His grace, his forgiveness, those things are the reason. And so when you choose what's God's best, what's God's best for your marriage? What's God's best for your children? What's God's best for your job? What's God's best for your coworkers? What's God's best? When you choose that and you say, I'm going to walk higher, I'm going to go higher, you will be blown away how Holy Spirit will begin to infuse that guidance in that direction. You'll be blown away how you'll turn from the, the situation here on the ground and you'll start looking much higher. I love the story and I'll close with this. I love the story and I've told you guys this before, but, but a lot of times, a lot of times a, a, an eagle will come down, it'll swoop down. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but eagles will swoop down and crows and buzzards will actually attack the eagle. I don't know if you know it or not, but they will. Now let me say something. If you've seen a buzzard or a crow and you've seen an eagle, you know that an eagle can whoop the buzzard and crows tail all day every day they can do that they can if they wanted to they could wham I mean super strong talent just wham they could do that easily but you know what they don't do that you know what they do they begin to go higher and then higher and then higher did you know that an eagle that an eagle can go at heights higher than any other crow bird can they can fly at great heights so if th- those crows, they'll start chasing them. Those buzzards, they'll start chasing them. Those other birds will start chasing them. And the higher they go until finally they can't go there anymore. They have to drift back down to earth while the eagle continues to soar. That's what happens. I want to encourage you this. Whenever you start to feel those attacks, just go higher. Whenever you start to feel those things, just go higher. God's best is what he wants for you and what he wants for me. He wants God's best for your children too. You do too. You want God's best for your children, don't you? You want God's best for your children. Everyone here would say, yes, I want God's best for my, cho- my children. Can I tell you something? Why don't you want God's best for you? Why don't you do that? That's what God wants for you. It absolutely is. Choose, choose to pursue God's best. And when you fall flat on your face, and you will, then immediately you ask for forgiveness and grace, and God will Provide it, and you'll get up and you'll continue to walk. If you want to be encouraged, go in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. Every one of those people were messed up. Every one of those people were sinners. Every one of those people had fallen. Everyone, much bigger than we did, every one of those people had done those things. 
you can begin right now wanting God's best for your life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, your word, God, that directs us in ways that some of us don't even know, including me. Thank you so much that you are in control. And thank you so much that it's your best that we need to pursue. God, my prayer is, is today that we would ask ourselves, hey, what is God's best here? What is God's best for our, for our uh, family? What is God's best? Not settle for what someone else's best is. Not settle for what some other book says. Not settle for what, what some other TV show says or podcast. Now, I want God's best. And I'm going to pursue God's best. Lord, my prayer is, is that as, as people begin to turn to you, they'll go deeper with you. My prayer is, God, that they will see that your best takes us higher. That your best brings about forgiveness. And more than anything else, your best brings about peace. The very thing that we struggle to find in our lives is peace. Yet when we connect with your best, it brings about peace. In Jesus' name, amen. A lot of times, you guys, doing God's best is difficult. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But it's difficult. It's difficult when you have, you know, family members or coworkers or friends, long-term friends. But I promise you this. I haven't always chosen God's best, but I've really tried. I've really tried. And if you will take and you will choose God's best, you will begin to see changes happen in your life. You will. You'll see it. And it'll be an amazing, amazing thing. Listen, I'm going to be up here today, and I'll pray with anyone who wants to come up. The altar, as always, is always open. We're going to sing a final worship song. So you guys, let's stand up and let's sing, and I'll be down front if you guys won't need prayer. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.